Blog Talk Radio.
Take it all the way, take it all the way till all that's left is you. And the sun's light down from heaven. Search me, search me. I'm open, I'm open. Search me, search me. Search me, search me. You're the only one qualified. You're the only one qualified. Cause you made me, you made me. Cause you made me.
Father God, I thank you for another opportunity, God, to sit here tonight, God, before your people, Lord God, in your presence, Lord God, and tell them what thus is, O Lord. Father God, I pray over everybody that's listening right now, Lord God, whether they will be listening now, later, or to the replay, Lord God. I thank you for them, Lord God, and I pray that this word is exactly what they need on tonight, God, so that your name may get the glory. Feed your people on tonight, Father. In the name of Jesus, amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Prolific Fire, everybody. I am your humble host, Prophet Stacy. Thank you for taking the time to join me on tonight. I pray that the word of the Lord will be a blessing unto you. Let's get right into it for tonight. The foundational text comes from 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verses 2 through 6. There's 1 Chronicles 28. Verses 2 through 6 from the New Living Translation. It reads as following. David rose to his feet and said, My brothers and my people, it was my desire to build a temple where the ark of the Lord's to build a temple where the ark of the Lord's covenant, God's footstool, could rest permanently. I made the necessary preparations for building it. But God said to me, 
You must not build a temple to honor my name, for you are a warrior and have shed much blood. Yet the Lord, the God of Israel, has chosen me from among all my father's family to be king over Israel forever. For he has chosen the tribe of Judah to rule. And from among the families of Judah, he chose my father's family. And from among my father's sons, sons, the Lord was pleased to make me king over all Israel. And from among my sons, for the Lord has given me many, he chose Solomon to succeed me on the throne of Israel and to rule over the Lord's kingdom. He said to me, your son Solomon will build my temple and his courtyard, for for I have chosen him as my son, and I will be his father. Again, that's First Chronicles chapter 28, verses 2 through 6 from the New Living Translation, the NLT. The NLT. God desire versus good desire versus God desire. Good desire versus God desire. That's what we're talking about on tonight. And if it's a good desire, why wouldn't it be a God desire? Here in tonight's foundation of text, David had a desire to build a temple where the ark of the Lord's covenant, God's footstool, could rest permanently. That's what he wanted to do. That's what he wanted to do. He had made the necessary preparations for building it and everything. But God said, no. He was getting getting it ready. He had all the preparations and everything. He was going to build God a temple, but God said, no. Keep in mind, there's a scripture in Proverbs that says, people may make plans in their minds. But the Lord decides what they will do. People may make plans in their minds, but the Lord decides what they will do. Proverbs 16 and 9 from the New Century Version. And so God decided against David being the one to build him a temple. Was it a good desire? Yes. Yes, it was. But unfortunately... It wasn't a God. It wasn't a God desire. It wasn't God's desire. God's desire was for David to be a warrior, and that he was. As a matter of fact, in Psalms, David even praised God for how he was trained, saying, "Praise, praise be to the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle." Psalms. 144 and 1 from the NIV. But here's the thing. That same thing he was praising God for was the exact reason, was the exact thing, the exact reason he couldn't build, he had a desire for it. But because he was a warrior, but because he had blood on his hands, that same thing that he was praising God for being trained for war and for battle. There was the exact reason he couldn't be the one to build God a temple. Because where there is war, 
where there is battle, there is bloodshed. Now think with me. Think with me, think with me, think with me. You know I like to make you think on prolific fighters. How would it look for a man of war, a man of battle, with blood on his hands? How would it look for him to use those same hands to build God, a God who is holy, a resting place? Just think about that for a second. It wouldn't look right. You, you got it right. It would not look right. It wouldn't look right at all. So God passed the assignment to build a temple down to David's son, Solomon. Now, what I love is David's attitude in tonight's foundational text. More of us need this type of attitude. Take note of David's attitude. Even though God wouldn't allow him to be the one to build him a temple, but passed the assignment down to his son, David never once got upset with God over what he wouldn't allow him to do. David never, not once, did he get upset with God over what he wouldn't allow him to do, desire or no desire. Can you say the same? Be honest, can you say the same? Instead, David began to thank God for all the things he had allowed him to accomplish in his day and time. Some of y'all around here worrying about what the Lord won't allow you to do, even though you have a desire for it. It seems like you can never get to that point to do it. And you're concerned about it. You're mad with God about it. You're looking at other people. They're doing what you want to do, what you have a desire to do. But for some reason, you're not doing it. And you got all kind of mixed emotions. And all of it is pointed at God. You don't want to admit it, but you're mad with God because you feel like he gave you that desire, but he's not following through on it. But my question to you are, my, my question to you is, are you sure he gave you that desire? My question to you is, are you sure he gave you that desire? It might just be self-desire. Did you ever think about that? It could be just, just self-desire. Something you desire within yourself. Instead, David began to thank God for all the things he allowed him to accomplish in his day and time. But God said to me, you must not build a temple to honor my name, for you are a warrior and have shed much blood. Okay, that was God's way of saying no to David's desire to build him a temple. First Chronicles 28 and 3, NLT. He told him he shouldn't build it. He told him he shouldn't build it. And he told him why he shouldn't build it. He didn't just leave David hanging. Instead, God was clear and upfront about his reasons for not granting David this particular desire of his. And I'm quite sure, if you think back and pay attention, I'm quite sure some of you some of you know exactly why God is not giving you your heart's desire. I'm quite sure if you think back and pay attention, because sometimes the warning signs be all around us, but we're not paying attention. So I want you to think back and pay attention. I'm quite sure some of you know exactly why God is not giving you your heart's desire. He told you, just like he told David, he told you. He told you exactly why. 
He told you. You know why. Think about it. Perhaps you're like David, and God can see something in the way that he made you, the way that he anointed you, that would make you not the best candidate for that thing you desire. Perhaps you're like David, and it's in the way that God made you, the way that he anointed you, that makes you not a, not the best candidate for that thing that you desire. Remember, God made David a warrior, but there was the exact reason why he couldn't build that temple because he was a warrior. And being a warrior comes with bloodshed. Because bloodshed was on him, he had shed too he had shed too much blood. Blood was on his hands. He couldn't be the one. And I'm telling somebody tonight, there's a reason in your background, in your DNA, in in the way the Lord made you. That's the reason why that particular desire has not been fulfilled. It may be a good desire, meaning you mean well and want it, but it's not God's desire for you. It may be a good desire, something that you mean well and want, but it's not God's desire for you, and he knows what's best for you. Isaiah 48 and 17 confirms that. Isaiah 48 and 17 from the NIV says, This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God, who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way that you should go. Do you see it? Did you hear it? I am the Lord your God who teaches you. He teaches you what is best for you. Still, some of you, God is not giving you your heart's desire because he knows a new house, a new car, that job position will change you. Some of you, you will get beside yourself. I'm just going to put it out there. You'll get beside yourself. If he gives you a new house right now, a new car, that job position, it will change you. It will change your character, change the way you normally act. It will change you. Because it's your desire with our God. Some of you, if you get a new car and God tells you to go pick that person up and take them, bring them to church, you're not going to do it. Why? Because that's a self-desire. That's something that you desire. Because if you wanted it for, for kingdom purposes, when God give it to you, you be glad to do whatever he asked you to do. If he tells you to ride down the street and distribute food out to the hungry, in your new car, you would do that. But some of you, you don't have a heart like this. And God knows it's all about you. That's why you don't have a new car. That's why you don't have a new house. That's why you don't have a job position. Because it's something that you desire with our God. And any desire that you desire with our God will change you. It branches. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. God is not opposed to you having having things, having nice things. He's not opposed to that. He's not opposed to you desiring things. But when you put things ahead of him, that's the problem. When you put things ahead of him, here comes the problem. It goes from being a good desire to just being your desire. And God is not in it at all. God is not going to give you something he's not in, something that you're going to keep him out of something that you're going to be so guarded over. If he asked you for it, you wouldn't even give it to him. He's not going to do that. That's not going to happen. It goes from being a 
good desire. Just that's your desire, and God is not in it at all. That's why some of you have an attitude with God. That's why some of you have an attitude with God and not gratitude towards God right now. Instead of gratitude like David had towards God, you got an attitude with God right now. Right now, you got an attitude with God. You need to repent of it. You got an attitude with God, but not David. David's response was to think on, on think on all the wonderful opportunities God had granted him. But not David. His response was to think on all the wonderful opportunities God had granted him. So what if he wouldn't be the one to build a temple? He began to think on all the things that the Lord had allowed him to do. David said, Yet the Lord, the God of Israel, has chosen me from among all my father's family to be the king over Israel forever. See, he went to talking about and thinking about what the Lord was already allowing him to do. The Lord had allowed him to be king over Israel forever, had chosen him out of his father's family. For he has chosen me, for he has chosen the tribe of Judah to rule, and from among the families of Judah, he chose my father's family. And from among my father's sons, the Lord was pleased to make me king over all Israel. First Chronicles 28, 3-4, from the New Living Translation. He never once acted jealous of his son. Somebody, you need to hear that because that's your problem. He never once acted jealous of his son. Solomon being the one God chose to build him a temple, even though that's what he had a desire to do, he was not jealous of his son. He didn't try to somehow live vicariously through his son like some of you are doing. He didn't try to live out their desire through his son or be in competition with him, making them out to be rivals. God says some of you are too busy being in competition with your own child. You have secretly made them out to be your rival. God says some of you are too busy being in competition with your own child. You have secretly made them out to be your rival. That's why y'all don't get along. You see them as your rival because you're too busy trying to one-up them, trying to outdo them. Somebody else, you're trying to live out your desires, live out your dreams that never were, for whatever reason, through your child. Instead of letting your child live out their dreams, live out the desires that the Lord has put in them, you're, trying to, you're still trying to live out your dreams and your desires through them, through your child, through your son, through your daughter. Instead of just accepting that God passed your desire to be a singer down to them, and now they sing. Now they are the one writing and not you. Now they are the one with their own business and not you. Now they are the one who finished college with a degree in sociology and not you. Who am I talking to? Now they are the one playing professional professionally in the NFL and not you. This is their season. That desire you had got reassigned to your child. That desire you had got reassigned to your child. And here's what's crazy. And here's what's crazy. You ready for it? You know I like to make you think. They they might not even have a desire for that thing. They might not even have a desire for that thing. Not the way that you did. But still it got passed down to them. 
Nowhere in tonight's foundation of text does it go on to say, if you read the whole chapter, nowhere does it go on to say that Solomon had a desire to build God a temple. But God chose him. Whether he had a desire for it or not, God chose him. And David willingly accepted that. He willingly accepted it. And he did all he could to be supportive to his son. If you read the whole chapter, you will see he did all he could to be supportive of his son. You see, beloved, you can't be jealous of others and still think that desire you have is of God. I'll say it again for somebody. You can't be jealous of others. You can't be jealous of others. You can't be jealous of others. You can't be jealous of others and still think that desire you have is of God. No matter what, keep your heart pure. Keep your heart pure before God. And whoever he decides to give the assignment to, cheer them on. Cheer them on like you were cheering on yourself. Cheer them on. Cheer them on the way that you want somebody else to cheer you on and be supportive, et cetera, because he knows what's best. Remember this in closing. God knows what's best even when you don't. God knows what's best even when you don't, even when all you can see is what you want. And some of y'all, that's still all you can see is what you want, your desire. And still I say to you, God knows best. Let's pray. Father God, we repent for being jealous, for being angry over something we have a desire for but have not received. Help us to check our desire, check the motive behind our desire. Why did David want to be the one to build the temple? Why do we really want what we want? And are, and are we even qualified to have it? And are we even qualified to have it? Because David wasn't. David was disqualified because of the way he, because of the way you had trained him. So he was disqualified. He wasn't qualified. He couldn't be the one to build you a temple with blood on his hand. Is there blood on our hand in some way? These are questions we need to think about. Is there blood on our hands in some way that we are not not aware of? Help us, Father, to accept your will and your way, desire or no desire. In Jesus' name, amen. This concludes tonight's message. And I pray that somebody somebody was blessed and it brought clarity to somebody about the difference between a good desire versus God's desire. But I'm not naive. I know everybody listening to the sound of my voice. Whenever you're listening, I know everybody's not saved, but you need to be. So let's talk salvation for a minute. Hebrews 4 and 15 from the Amplified says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize and understand our weaknesses and temptations, but one who has been tempted, knowing exactly how it feels to be human in every respect as we are, yet without committing any sin, which means that there is nothing too bad that you have done, because he can sympathize with your humanity, there is nothing too bad that you have done or are currently doing that you can't come to Jesus in the pardon of your sins about. He knows your humanity. But, love, you are not too bad. I don't care what family members have told you. You are not like your father. You are not like your grandfather. You are not like your worst uncle on the corner. You're better than that. 
you are not too bad that you can't change. You can be healed. It means for somebody else, you're not too good because some people believe that they're, if they're good, they don't need God. They're still going to make it to heaven. Not so. The Bible says that there's only one way to heaven, and it's through Jesus. You got to get to know him and make him your Lord and Savior. Otherwise, what he did on, on the cross, when it comes to you, it was in vain because you did not receive. If I was you, I would be a receiver on tonight. Jesus went, went through too much for you, but you just to let it be in vain over your life. No matter how good you've been, how good you think you are, you still need Jesus. You are not exempt from temptation, from being tempted. You are not exempt from doing and saying some things you shouldn't. We all mess up and say and do things that we shouldn't, and we all need Jesus. You all, you, you, we all need Jesus. Therefore, you need Jesus just like the rest of us to help you live this life out and to make it to eternity in peace because there will be eternity, because there will be eternity for you spent either in hell or in the presence of Jesus. The Bible says in hell the rich man lifted up his eyes. Think about it. He lifted up his eyes, which indicates he was aware. He was alert and he still had mobility. That's Luke 16, verses 22 through 23, King James Version. Beloved, you don't want that. To lift up your eyes and know that you are in hell? No, 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 you don't want that. That's the last thing you should want. No, you want to be able to lift up your eyes and feel the peace of God. That surpasses all understanding, like the scripture says. And know that you have that you now have eternal peace and that you are with Jesus. Philippians four and seven, New King James. Second Corinthians five and eight from the New King James says, To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's what you should want. To be present with the Lord. But here's the big question for tonight. Who is your Lord? It's time you made Jesus your Lord and Savior. Forget about all this other stuff running around out here lately telling you this is the way. If you chant with us, if you serve Buddha with us, if you do this and you do that, this is the way. It's going to improve your life. We're going to be there for you. It's brainwashing. You don't want to get into that. Jesus is the only living, true God that would make his presence known to you, that went to the cross and died for you, but he didn't stay there, got up, and he is living, and he's going to make himself known. Just give him a chance. Give him a chance. Romans 10, verse 9 through 10, tells us just how to give him a chance, tells us just how to do this. Romans 10 9 through 10 from the NIV says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Your mouth is so important, so let's open that mouth. You know, you use it all week on other things. Tonight, we're going to get focused and centered on God. Get centered on Jesus. And use it for something good on tonight. Open your mouth and repeat after me. Jesus, I confess 
with my own mouth that I am a sinner in need of you. I repent of any wrong actions, words spoken, or thoughts I've had. I believe with my heart that you are the Son of God raised from the dead. I need you. I want you as a as my Lord and Savior. With faith as little as a mustard seed, I believe. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. If you receive that tonight, if you ready to make a permanent change in your life for the better, I want to hear from you. I no longer open the phone lines on Prolific Fire because Prolific Fire always deals with real issues, and I don't want to put nobody on the spot by asking them to come forth on the phone lines and share. The Lord led me to close the phone lines because he said that um, people would be more comfortable with me in private, one-on-one and off the air. And he is so right. He's always so right. I've had the opportunity to talk to many of you one-on-one, so I no longer open the phone lines. But pay attention because I'm going to give you my information so you can reach out to me. If you need prayer, a Bible-based consultation, or you just want to reach out to me and let me know you got saved tonight or next week or next month or whenever you hear this, you can call or text 865-408-8690. That's 865-408-8690. One more time. One for the Father, one for the Son, one for the Holy Spirit. One more time. 865-408-8690. Or you can email prolificfire at gmail.com. That's prolificfire at gmail.com. If you miss the number, the email address, or whatever else that might have been said that you needed, all of that would be up on all my social media platforms immediately immediately following tonight's service. I look forward to talking to you and ministering to you one-on-one as the Holy Spirit leads. Please be serious when you call or text or email. That's all I ask. Now, other announcements. If you need this ministry's PayPal info or cash app info, you can access the PayPal by going to paypal.me slash prolificfire or the cash app. It's a dollar symbol, prolific fire written all together. As usual, you can find me on Twitter at prolific fire, on Instagram at public station, like the prolific fire ministry Facebook page. Also, check out prolificfire.com. Also, reach out to me if you would like to sponsor a child. I am a World Vision, World Vision sponsor and a World Vision child ambassador, which means I sponsor children myself, eight amazing children. I'm not asking you to sponsor eight. I'm asking you to sponsor one. If you would like to make a change in a needy child's life for just $39 a month, listen, what you pay for your phone bill, reach out to me and I will tell you about the program, tell you about the 24 years that I've been a part of the program, and I know firsthand that it works for the kids and their communities to improve their lives and help them to fight poverty and get on their feet and get on their feet and help themselves. If you want to hear about that, you can also reach out to me at the number or the email that I gave earlier. If you don't reach out to me in private for prayer, be sure to join my sister in ministry, Prophet's Pay for Faith on the Line with Prophet's Pay. It's always a wonderful time in the Lord because God is there. Even if you get your prayer request taken care of, still call in and be in the atmosphere and watch God bless you just for being in the atmosphere. It's 
the time of prayer and encouragement. Friday night, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 5 Pacific. 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 5 Pacific by calling the same number that many of you call tonight, 347-426-3782. Your prayer request will be taken there too. So call in. The phone lines will be open for faith on the line. Then join me back here on Prolific Fire saying nighttime and place for, for another message from Brother Lord. Until then, everybody, have a blessed, awesome night in the Lord. I'm out.